You're listening to the Potato Candy Network. Hello and welcome to Blink Scenario. I'm your host, Marie, a.k.a. Queen in Yellow. I'm Emily, a.k.a. Darkling. I'm Casey, a.k.a. Grumpy Elf. <laughs> and I am Sir Sasquatch Sir Isaac. Yes. Also known as Red Guardian. No. <laughs> Yet. Reznov. Reznov, yes please. Uh, check out our previous and uh, potentially current episodes on Dreadful Tales. Yes. People yep. are going to very quickly figure out when we recorded all of these because <laughs> we've been referencing the same thing at the beginning of each of Have them. We? Yes. Yes. Hey, at least hey guys. Two of them. Hey guys. Isaac's David Harbour in disguise. <laughs> I, I mean, quit. I think Same we've height. referenced that before in a past episode, though. Yeah, it's true. We have. You're the long-lost son sure. of David Harbour. Oh. So, no. Isaac, is your prompt about long-lost family? You know what? <laughs> so, you're a sheriff in a town <laughs> where a kid's gone missing, and it's giving you flashbacks of your dead daughter. How's that for a start, huh? That's no, like okay. every DD campaign ever. So, I have a prompt idea. Good. And <laughs> what I wanted to do with it is I wanted to make something that really dug into the creativity of the party as to whether or not it would succeed, okay. but also to what degree it would succeed and also to what degree the consequences would be. So I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a little bit generic, but I think that we can uh, fill in the gaps or just leave it up to the DM to fill in the gaps. So there's an ad agency in D&D. I'm saying, for the sake of the story, I'm not saying there really is one. If there was one in Waterdeep somewhere, that'd be really cool. So your party has been contracted to make an ad for this agency for something that's being promoted. Things get really, really exciting because hopefully this took off. If this took off, then that makes the rest of this miniature one-shot very, very easy to do on the DM side because what happens is the bit that's being advertised is something that is illegal or it's something that is not really the property of the person who is doing the promoting. But as a result, your party is now the target because of this ad campaign that they created, which if it's a really, really successful campaign, the stakes are really, really high, and then they have to get creative again to get out of the situation. So that's the skeleton I got right now. What do you think? I am Commander Shepard, and this is my favorite store on the Citadel. Which Mass oh, Effect dear, is that yeah. from? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the second one, isn't it? That's the first one. It's the first Was one. It in the first that's one? That's the first one, yeah. I do not remember that. I believe that's in the first one. I, I know it's in there. I, I remember hearing it. But yeah, something like that. So you, you could get, uh, you know, getting a celebrity to do something like that would be a really, really good way because then if it's like a scumbag celebrity or the celebrity feels like they've been slandered, they can send whoever after you. But something that really relies on the party's creativity. I like the idea that this is a, like I said, it's an illegal item or company or whatever it is. And the person who's hired you to do this is actually a mafia boss of some kind. So their face is not involved in this. You are simply the ad company in charge of this product. This is a money laundering scheme. Basically, yeah. So they've basically set you up as a fall guy. So if this is successful, 
they make a bunch of money and they are gone. If it's not successful, you know, their face isn't out there, your face is. They just, you know, toss you to curb and get the next, you know, suckers that walk in the door to take the contract. Mm-hmm. Which then this could be almost like a health potion distribution ring that rather like, you know, cheap knockoffs of health potions or different types of adventuring needs, you know, because you want adventurers to know how to advertise to adventurers, right? So, you know, if you need a potion of speed, now you can get one at a fraction of the cost. I love if it is, in fact, something like potions, I would love to do a Breaking Bad throw in and like they're knockoff ones that you can tell they're knockoff because they've added essentially just spices into them to make you feel like they're better. So like there's chili <laughs> powder in the the health potions and the speed potions have like cloves in it to have a numbing sensation on your tongue. It's all just watered down versions of the potions, but it's designed to make you feel like it's doing more. False marketing, essentially. Yeah. Which means if you get caught as the marketers for this, you are now liable and the company who hired you is nowhere to be found. Now, mm-hmm. did you have a specific product in mind or were you keeping it generic on purpose? I didn't have a product in mind because this would be really advantageous for any area that they're in in their campaign, which is just my go-to for whatever reason. But I do like the idea of it being something highly illegal, whether obviously, except to the party, or because it's it's artificial. Uh, what was the word you were using? I said watered down. Watered down, that works. So it's not the advertising itself, it's the product? Yeah, I mean... If you have knockoffs, part of the reason why those are technically illegal is they are getting money based upon another brand. So like with purses, you have knockoffs that look like the actual purse, mm-hmm. but they basically just copy the design over. So it's a copyright infringement. So if you're advertising this health potion, it's technically the same recipe watered down. So what you're doing is taking this you know, cleric's company that's licensed and copying it for your own gain. Mm-hmm. I think I think what I'm hearing is that Isaac is introducing is as the entire scenario could be you coming up with an ad campaign for this bad product. And where we're ending up heading is our scenario, that's the hook. Our scenario is what happens when that succeeds. Yes. Because odds are that yep. would succeed because ultimately depending upon how popular your party is, where you are in your campaign, if you are in a campaign, your party is endorsing something, putting their face and their word on something that they may not fully understand that will come back to bite them later if it's watered down. So whether or not that's what we're making it about, that's what it would ultimately become because it's a celebrity endorsement that has a bad outcome to it. Well, there are ways of undoing that. I think within game mechanics, I think Nickelodeon show iCarly, the original, not whatever the reboot is. I don't know what they did with that. Um, one of the episodes, because the other kids have the web show, right? And they get the um, sponsorship of a shoe company. Turns out this is a bad shoe design. It's supposed to be this high-tech shoe, and there are so many problems with it, and it was mad because they were endorsing it. And so the kids are like, when we get out of the contract, like, no, 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 you signed a contract. You took our money. You have to endorse this. So they start endorsing it. In completely opposite ways, like, do you have a computer that has a bunch of old files on it you need wiped? Just plug it into the shoe. It'll wipe your computer clean. So they are (laughs) technically marketing it in a positive way. But the shoe company eventually was like, no, no, stop marketing the shoe. You're you're making this worse. 
so that would be a creative way for them to get out mm -hmm. of yeah. the conflict. Yeah, so once they've established that this is actually a very shady item that we've been endorsing, helping to promote, and we're now on the hook for it, we either need to say we were wrong, which could hurt the party if they are a big name, or they're going to get very creative in what they're going to say with it, which might make the other person mad, which means legally they're fine. Public eye, they're fine. They now have the shadow group that's after them because mm -hmm. they just smear their product through the mud and they can't sell anywhere else now. Mm -hmm. You owe us for the X number of gold mm -hmm. that we were supposed to get and you removed that from us. Yep. So the question is, who do you want mad at you? I like that. Yep. I see why you say this is a small scenario because it feels very well encompassed. I feel like there needs to be more added to it, but I don't even know where because it's all kind of tied up in a nice little bow. Well, it's part of it is wherever you end up as far as if you're in a city at the time near your home base, if you're away on some quest that has landed you in Tortuga for a week, um, there, there's, there's a lot of directions you could go, but I think that I would want to focus at this point on how to get out of, because the hook is how creative they can be with it. That's going to get them drawn in. Mm -hmm. The part that we may need to come up with is a way for them to get out per se this feels very much like it could be even like a snake oil salesman that comes through that you could have someone who has maybe the party has actually been swindled into believing these are valid products that this is someone who goes town to town they convince at least one or two people that seem I like they could be convincing yeah, they convince one or two people that's good products. Those people convince the town, incidentally, they make a fortune, they leave. So this could be a much smaller scale of this is someone who's traveling town to town. So the implications are more of just a town is mad at you. And there is a snake oil salesman who is repeating this in each town. So now it's more of just the party is mad at this person because of what happened and they just want to stop them. So it's not necessarily a huge outcome they're trying to get out of. It's just, you have a town that's mad at you. And so now you're just going to take it on this guy who roped you into it. I think I'd like to lock that in, actually. The way I want to lock it in, though, is this. This snake oil salesman has what seems like endless resources. So if you have a party without a wizard and they need something that only a wizard can provide to make their campaign work, they have access to it. If they need something that an artificer or a bard or the strength of a barbarian or, or whatever trait that their party doesn't have up front, he can provide that. But also, he's... I mean, if they really wanted to do some digging, they could find out that he's been going from town to town. The beauty of him going to town to town, though, is later you run into this ad again. And you're like, okay, he's here. He's using our material. So you can go get some revenge then later. But I want to lock in that there is this faux salesman there with this contract out to get some help for this advertising, and he has endless resources. Yeah, so it could be he's encountered the party on the road. Like, this is a good product, but you, you need better advertising. Well, if you have any suggestions, you know, we you and I can go to the next town. If it works, I'll pay you a small fee. That works. You know, consulting fees. So the party, like, they help improve the advertising. It works at a small fee. They find out after he's gone, the products are a sham. And then all of a sudden they see their advertisement that they helped with, like you said, in another town posted up. Mm -hmm. 
better yet, he has one or two products that aren't shams. They're like high dollar, really good quality items. And he calls out the most doubting person in the entire audience to test said mm -hmm. item. Gives it to him, says, free of charge. This one's on you. I'll give it to you. He can afford to bite that high dollar cost on the expensive item because he's giving it to prove a point. And then he sells watered down items to everyone else. You want a healing potion? I have a hundred of them. Two of them are real. The rest are like one eighth of a healing potion that's been watered down with um, whatever wine I had on hand. So it's flavored healing potions. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that would work. Just really, yeah. really strong alcohol so that you get hammered. So a single shot. Yeah. Don't I don't matter feel what the pain, pain anymore. <laughs> of course you don't feel the pain. You feel fuzzy and warm because your BA alcohol content is insane at this point. <laughs> what if that's all the health potions were? They're just alcohol to help you tide over until you actually find a healer. I have an idea of where to go with this that I'm really excited about. I have a possible tie-in with this, with something we've done before. I'll be honest, my tie-in does not include the party essentially having to clear their name, but I like that as a potential concept that, that they could have to do. I think it just depends upon what kind of party you have. If your party is the type that is very heavy role play, they will love that. They mm -hmm. will absolutely adore that. If they're the type of party that has to have a goal, I think they will spit on that and be very angry at that. You're you're going to need to give them something to, to do, to be able to go do. That's kind of where my brain's going. I have a premise of where I'd like to go, but... Is everyone good to yeah, start writing? Yeah, scribble. Yeah. yeah. I forgot to start my timer. Um, you want to go first then? Sure. I'll go first. I'm pretty confident about mine. I think your mine will be a good starter. Yours will be a good ender for, for ours. All right. So your party enters the big city. And begins wandering through. They've been here several times before. They are fairly well known in this town for the few things that they've done to help out. As they wander through the the city itself and are nearby one of the many drainage rivers that runs through the city, they see a seemingly traveling merchant set up along the side of the, the drainage area that is trying his hardest to intro and to convince people to come over and look at his wares. He spots you and your party, and after much and many charisma checks, manages to convince you to come over and see what he has. Upon trying out several of his wares, you're pretty impressed. It seems legit. The man seems on the level. Um, have I mentioned what he is yet? said he's no. a merchant. He's, okay, yeah, um, he is a blue tiefling, is what he is. Mm. He is selling you as best as he possibly can, and he seems very charismatic. By the end of it, you ask to make purchases, or should you ask to make purchases, he informs you that everything he has in his traveling case currently with him is purely samples. It's a starter business that should be getting all of its supplies off the ground soon. But it has been shopping around for a face, and if you'd be willing to give them a review or put your face on their material, he would be more than happy to expedite what services that you have requested. And um, 
Should your party decide to do so? (laughs) Kind of, sort of. Should your party decide to do so? He packs up for the day and goes off into elsewhere in the city. You can do whatever you want. If this isn't a campaign, they can come back to this later. If this is just a side scenario, you can flash forward, say, a week or two. As time has gone by, your face has suddenly become plastered on several advertisements that have found their way to the different walls of the city, either paintings or canvases that have been attached with you and your party's face on them endorsing products that you still don't see in stores. You have never heard hide nor hair of this man again. And uh, the few people in the city who apparently have, have come knocking at your door. What products that they were promised they have yet to receive. And if you ask them what he said, they repeat almost verbatim what was told to you. You are called in even all the way up to the highest regard of the town. As you are well known enough here that your reputation is now called into question and the town mayor or lord or king, whatever you decide, has basically tasked you with solving what is going on here. Whether or not you agree to it, he is going to force you to do it as this seemingly scam has started popping up all over the city. Seemingly an infinite number of this gentleman has shown up. As your party begins to investigate, they continue to try to follow these uh, this gentleman as he has made sales, and consistently he goes into an alleyway and disappears. Different alleyways, different sections of the city, but disappears entirely. Box, clothing, everything, gone. Eventually, your party will manage to track him back to a aqueduct entrance. And as you go down into that aqueduct entrance and make your way through, traveling back to the source, you discover that there is not one, but thousands of this blue teethling with bright red hair who have <laughs> who have That's a hilarious. single source in the middle of this underground facility. As you continue to journey through the aqueducts and tunnels, you make your way to a forgotten, lost enchanter's laboratory. This enchanter was planning on making supplies and planning on making them even better than what you could find in the stores, but this enchanter couldn't do it by himself. This enchanter needed help. So he came up with the blue gentleman that you have been interacting with. There is a box down in this enchanter's lab that has been releasing this, (laughs) this creature And this creature has been multiplying with one single task, make sales. Once that task is completed, this person has no further reason to live. The enchanter, unfortunately, has died. And should you decide to go into any more in-depth study into what is down there, you do find that, in fact, the potions were mostly a scam. Um, There was no solid ideas that have been presented here. But in finding this place, you have a way now to clear your name and to end the endless pop-up advertisers that have been showing up around the city. <laughs> now I get it. <laughs> I'm Mr. Meesings, look at me. Right. Would you like to buy a potion? <laughs> it's, it's a brand new one. <laughs> it wasn't until the red hair that it clicked. Yeah, that's why head. I waited. Yeah, I'm like, going to oh, say, no. yeah, that, that... And there's a box. Oh, no. Yeah. When you said box, I was like, wait. 
Right. Just imagining this automatic contraption that's like every hour he just taps it and a new one pops out. Well, my thinking was he he had um he was an old enchanter who was trying to do this and he fell asleep and died in his sleep, but he had accidentally left it just creating. Mm-hmm. And it had taken years for them to figure a way out of the tunnels. That's why no one's seen them until now. But as soon as one found their way out, all of the rest of them were. Mm, that's pretty good. <laughs> that works. I like that. Emily? Yes. Unless you have more. Skip you for now. Very similar with the whole traveling merchant, but this is kind of a long-term thing. I'm thinking reoccurring character because when you first meet him, the merchant who runs Anguish's novelty shop goods for adventurers and uh, farmers, he's running around, just something he pulls behind, but he's making a big show of it. He's like, oh yeah, I've got all this stuff that I'm working on and it's uh, it's getting there. I've, I don't have a whole lot of supplies because it takes me a while to make them. One way or another, if your party decides to buy some goods from him, you can, or maybe a health potion. He doesn't have that many health potions on him at the time, but what he does have, he'll sell you one or two and you continue on your way. Well, later on during your adventure, at one point or another, somebody's going to have to use that health potion. So if they use it immediately, uh, they find out that it's 80% alcohol, the rest is just filler, and there's very, very little healing in said potion. I mean, there's some numbing to your pains and aches, but also there's some dehydration effects if you go to sleep that night and wake up with a hangover. I'm catching up to him in another town. He's peddling his wares again. And sure enough, he's got the exact same story he's selling to the people around there. Well, if you choose to watch and not interfere whatsoever, he'll pick out the most doubting person and say, Hey, you! And the people look and they'll see the person who's been living amongst them forever. They don't know why this guy is trying to single out this one weakling. But Angus will he'll just give him a free potion, telling him, It's pro bono, don't worry about it. Just take it and uh, you don't even have to buy anything. Just try it. Well, turns out, He's giving genuine potions to the most doubting person in the town, the biggest naysayer. It's like, don't buy from this guy. It's got to be a scam. He'll give it to them. He'll take the potion and be like, wait a second. I, okay, guys, I, I, was, I was a little bit hasty. Turns out this thing's real. And they'll trust him because he's a local. He's lived amongst them X number of years. It's not like he's a stranger in town as well. And so maybe Angus is genuine. You don't really know. If you choose to sample more of his potions and actually test them, whether it's drinking them yourselves or just sampling them, you can find out he is, in fact, just copying weak potions. He buys genuine potions to sell to people, bites the cost on that end, but he makes it up selling other potions for the same price. It seems really affordable, and he's making tons of money this way which is why he's almost always sold out, but also he only has enough to keep suspicion down. So he can't sell so much that everybody in town will have one and sample it immediately and spread the word faster. He only sells it to a few. And when after he leaves the town, the party has a chance to stay in town and see the effects if nobody's taking potions immediately because there's it's not likely to be in there dying, blood splurting from an open wound. Oh, health potion, take it. Hey, it works. Not likely to come across that. So if your party decides to wait and watch, they can determine whether or not Angus is selling fake potions or not. Has a lot to deal with observation and such. And in finding out he's selling them fake potions, they can choose to go after him, and it's just a matter then of finding the man. 
because every time he comes to a new town, he simply just changes out his costume. It can be anything from an old man with a beard to an old man clean-shaven to a young man clean-shaven. He changes his name, changes his appearance. Not really hard. I mean, you have a slight bit of magic. And he has these banners, which he just pulls down over the side of his cart that says different things every time. So nobody knows who this guy is. They just know he has a few potions, and he's able to make a ton of money to keep going. Reoccurring character. I would make him really charming so that your party doesn't want to kill him unless you have, you know, rage monster that absolutely mm-hmm. just hates him because he is that charming. You know, really nice people who can get under people's skin. Mm-hmm. So that's how I would proceed to introduce a very novelty NPC who's maybe reoccurring. Sometimes he has good stuff, sometimes he doesn't type thing. Nice. It'd be funny to have him showing up in the town the party is in. It's like, friends, welcome, hey! And he sees your party and he just packs up and leaves. Not a word to anyone. Because he's just like, every time I'm in town with you guys, something bad happens. I get robbed. I get mugged. My cabbage. Basically, yeah. yeah, he's just like, nope, nope. Too many incidents with you. No, he, he's straight up a dishonest merchant when he's, set, when he's peddling his health potions because farmers sometimes need healing and there's not oh, always yeah. a cleric in town. But times where he sees the adventurers, they might not recognize him, so he could mm-hmm. simply swap out his disguise and be like, "Oh, health potion! I've got, uh, I've got potpourri. I've got uh, <laughs> bath salts. Hey, I is have this the bread." Same guy who sold us that thing? No, no, I think it's a different guy. Nah, <laughs> that guy looked way better, and he it's was also, also speaking. I've cleaned up my act. Yeah. This feels like the rogue's best friend because it's a scam, and it's like, "Are you gonna keep doing this?" Yes. I mean, no one's dying technically. But I'm not did you die? Yeah, yeah. It's, and they're like, if you stop selling the health potions. We will we'll call this square. He's like, okay, okay. I don't sell those, but I sell potions of speed. I, I sell potions of water breathing, you know, just for, you can hold your breath for a couple minutes. They'll be fine. It's not, turns out it's not potions of speed. <laughs> it's just potions that make you, it's like. It's coffee. Caffeine. <laughs> yep. Yeah, he's caffeine. found out a way to improve <laughs> caffeine where everybody yep. else is just so slow because you're so hyped up. He's come up with espresso. Yeah. 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 But he has legitimate items. So if your party does run into him, like, okay, look. Do you have actual health potions we can buy? Not fake ones, actual health potions. <laughs> Normal <I> mean, price. <laughs> he probably has a way to make a few of them. It just takes him forever. So he'll make one and then he'll slowly start to copy others. And the stuff, he keeps some for himself. He has to yeah, because yeah. he's he's dangerous <laughs> and dangerous area. But he would definitely water them down. And so he'd have like, here's one. It's It's a health potion. How much of it is health potion? It's a health potion. <laughs> but how much? I ran a game once where I gave someone a 1D1 health potion. Because <laughs> it was what was left in the bottle. Nice. It's <laughs> like, uh, if you want it, there yeah. you go. Yeah, I'll take it. Okay. Yeah, Sounds like a you leave, leave, um, I need you to roll highs or lows. Yeah, it's a fake health potion. Dang it. <laughs> yeah. Before you roll your before you take your health potion, uh, I need you to roll something. What am I gonna roll? Tosses them a coin. <laughs> you kidding me. <laughs> Again. <laughs> It's also, too, if he's charming, he's not nefarious. He's just, he's out to make a profit. Yeah, nothing, you know, he doesn't inherently nothing he sells will problems. kill you. Capitalism. Yeah, yeah basically, it's, he's the worst, but he's like, you can't State hate him. State capitalism. Yeah. Yeah, you can't hate him, but at the same time, it's like, I just, I just want to know it's not going to kill me. <laughs> From my scenario, I have the party encounters a salesman on the road, and he is, he offers them, you know, a selection of various goods, including various potions and whatnot. Um, they seem to be pretty good and they're a lot cheaper than usual. And he asks them that if, you know, he's one person going into a fairly decent sized town, if they will help in selling these between marketing, you know, 
walking around just, you know, hawking these at people, he will give them a small fee or, you know, discount on items. Um, they agree, or at the very least, they know about him. Get into town. He's very successful in, in making his sales, it seems. Party probably doesn't know a ton about it. It's more of the things like, help on day one, I give you a discount. And then you see him busy the entire time he's there. He leaves. And it's not until after he's gone that people start using the items that he's given them. These are minor magical items. Turns out these items are fake or not what was promised. And the town, because you were involved in helping sell these, or at the very least came in with this guy, blames you. Now, the reason they're blaming you, even though you've received these sham items as well, is because a sacred town relic was traded in order to acquire some of these goods, believing that this will benefit the town. Now that these goods have been proven to be a sham, that relic needs to come back because otherwise the town is in trouble with their deity, that was a protection shrine, whatever it was, it was of high value to the town and they are actually now in danger because of it. So to make up for your involvement or lack of stopping the salesman, they have asked you to go and retrieve this item. They've given you whatever funds they can to get it back. They said, whatever you have to do, they don't necessarily want the guy killed, but they want this back. So you go and you can track the guy down, probably like a town or two over, doing the same thing, pulling the same tricks, using all the catchphrases you came up with, using whatever logo or sayings or whatever marketing, you know, maybe when you're barbarians, like, you know, if you did a two for one deal, that'd be kind of cool. And he's offering that now. So he's using the things that worked for them to his own benefit. You can pull them aside. It turns out, and this is where I say this becomes a tie-in episode. This is our good friend, as us here would know him, Michael Malloy, the unkillable man who became a lich in our scenario. <laughs> um, one of the scenario concepts we came up with was he now has all these magical items and just has become a trader for magical goods. So if you have introduced him in your campaign. Incidental lich, Michael Malloy. You can bring him back. <laughs> Now, you don't have to have this be Michael Malloy. This could be a brand new salesperson. Either way, this person is a trader of magical goods, and they have acquired this relic, and the guys are gone at this point. Yeah, sorry. But you can do jujitsu. Um, anyway, Michael Malloy, or whoever this salesperson is, is basically just a trader and high magical goods, has come up with this ruse to acquire this specific item, and is basically is continuing it just to get rid of extra stock. He agrees to give the relic back to the party for an insane amount of money that they do clearly not have, or a favor. And he'll call this favor in when he chooses. So either your party is going to very quickly try to rack up money, which again, this is legitimately an impossible value that the person he's selling this to has a ton of gold. Like he's selling this to another lich. This is, this is high dollar items here. The party cannot compare with that deal. But, you know, having a favor, that... Couldn't hurt, right? Which then, if you want to create any other story where they have to go somewhere they don't want to go and don't want to do it. Hey, you remember that trader that you made the deal with the, the relic? Incidental lich, Michael Malloy? Yep. He's calling that in. So now you have to do this because mm. you don't want him mad at you. So that is what I would do. I would make it a nice little tie-in for a future, um, whether it's a campaign arc or another one-shot I want to run, make a nice little tie-in. And then you've also got the party that now has these items that some of them are good, most of them aren't, and you're going to be rolling luck to see if these are good or not. So 
tie in for our Lich Next Door episode. Just when it comes to cursed items, for whatever reason, I my brain immediately goes to Elder Scrolls logic, where even if it's a bad magical item, mm-hmm. it's still worth a ton of money. Oh yeah, <laughs> and that that's kind of where Malloy is at. But I don't Malloy know. is an item that's worth a lot of money. No, no, Malloy. <laughs> New blank scenario. Malloy has found Maybe. a way to corner the enchanted item market. He's a lich. He can't be harmed by them. I mean, if he's a if he's a merchant, he's either bored. Or there's a whole underground lich community that we just don't know about. Which I would go with the second one. The lich mafia. Mm. <laughs> they hold grudges like, a long time. He traffics in liches for medical experiments and such. <laughs> Guys, I'm getting really good at this lich thing now. Yeah. I have minions. Can you believe it? Yeah. Oh, no. And especially, too, just if because you, you introduced him before and your party knows him, they're like, <laughs> wait. And he can do like the whole thing where he's this guy's self and he drops mm-hmm. it like, Michael? And it's like, it's been a while. You've, you've changed. Guys. Power has changed you. Incidental <laughs> merchant lich, Michael Malloy. Well, if you think about it, liches have- That's the same song. Like an yeah. endless number of years to live. So they've tried everything. This oh, is yeah. the one time we get to see a lich at the start of trying everything. He will not He's run out of things to do fine. during our generation, the next generation, or probably the next three or four. He's going to do everything. We just happen yeah. to see him at the stage. I love it. I mean, and if, if these are new characters too, but this is a, ga- a one shot you've ran for your party, it could be like 100 years after he became a lich. These characters have no idea who he is, but your party is just glaring at you because they know exactly what's going on. This is essentially the Final <laughs> Fantasy campaign where they always have Sid as the mechanic. No matter what game, no matter what universe, no matter- Michael Malloy <laughs> oh, just shows up randomly. It's the guy from Resident Evil 8, the Duke. Mm-hmm. He's everywhere. Why? Eh, because. So the one that I had going into all of this, um, I kind of went a different direction. Of um, course. So me and Emily have been playing Borderlands 3. <laughs> you know how the villains are... Well, have you played it? I've played a bit of it. Okay. If you have it on Xbox, we need to totally group up. Oh, yeah. We, we, could, all, we could all play together. Um... So, spoilers for anyone who hasn't played it, hasn't started it yet. I'm not going to give you anything. I'm not going to give anything away as far as where we're at. We haven't beaten it yet. There's no way to spoil that game. There's not much that goes on in it. I mean, well, so the villains are a set of twins that have, that are parodies of Twitch streamers right now, except they're villains. So, the way they stream, I guess, is the real parody of Twitch. But the point is, they've taken streaming and they've turned it into a mafia-based business. Mm -hmm. And it's pretty cool. So, what if you encounter the D&D equivalent of a streamer? So, they have the resources to stream. They're using all this verbiage that you're kind of like, oh, wow, this is when a person from the 40s encounters a 90s kid. You know, completely different world effect. You know, you're meeting a surfer. And you get to a point of them meeting you and getting really excited. And they're going, let's do a collaboration. It'd be so great for the exposure. You know, get your name out there. Get my name out there with your audience. Yada, yada, yada. And so he ropes you into doing this, quote unquote, collaboration. And the idea is he's going to fight something with you or he's going to go on a quest with you and really what ends up happening is he either a 
puts you in a situation where you are held liable and he kind of frames you or, and this kind of goes to if a party doesn't want to be creative to get out of the situation like you were talking about earlier, he can decide to turn and fight you, which again goes back to his stream because he is streaming it in however way you want to set that up. If it's magically scrying, if it's some mirror thing that everyone has, Sends a mental image to everyone's head that is one of his quote-unquote subscribers. Yeah, yeah. So that's what he's pursuing. And once, you know, that's either resolved itself and you've defeated him, you then have to deal with his subscriber mob. So you have an enemy wherever you go. Or if he frames you and you get out of that situation, you know how to find him because he has this streaming network and things. So it kind of caters to both audiences um, or both player styles in that situation. But that, that gives room for the players to be creative with the solution and also with how they want to go about doing this recording. But that's what I would do with this. You just have Skynet that everyone subscribes to. Yes. Or it's like a... <laughs> Skynet is Skynet. No, Lord of the Rings where they have the... Eye of Sauron. Yeah. No, well, it's... Or it's, the Palantirs. Yes, the Palantirs. Everyone, they've been found. <laughs> it's really just an underground streaming service for wizards. <laughs> Excellent. You find out Mike Malloy has a Blendia. channel where he tells you how to buy things and sell them at a higher value. <laughs> He's watching. <laughs> oh, man, I love this. <laughs> oh, man. Michael Malloy is the ultimate pitch man. <laughs> it's funny because I think I, like I was it. just one of the ones we came up with for that scenario. Was I was that thinking... He became... You know, super powerful, and he now has all these magical items. What does he do with it? And it's like, hey, we have a salesman who's selling stuff. Hmm. I thought you were going to bring back the artificer executioner for a second. No, that was one of the other scenarios. I'm like, hey, we have... Oh, no. Eh, wrong one. Although that would work <laughs> as a mechanic. We could go back and make it a mechanic. True. Mm-hmm. Oh, do a blank mechanic on streaming services. <laughs> oh, How do you stream in D&D? <laughs> that works for me. On that note, uh, be sure to rate, review, and subscribe if you like this video. <laughs> and share it. Share it with the people that are important in your life. Um, unless you have no other... one in your life, in which case, share it anyway. Share Thanks. us with your Smack friends that, like, and enemies. Yeah. Yeah. Especially As enemies. Many podcasts will say, we'll take anyone we can get. Who knows? If you didn't like it, you know what? Torture your enemies is fine. <laughs> Tor- torture? No. <laughs> <laughs> and on that note, we will see you guys next time. For a small fee of five ninety-five. Wait, really? Microtransactions. <laughs> Woo! Here we come. Sasquatch here. Thanks for listening. This is the part of the show when I solicit your monetary support and also school you in the importance of sharing and leaving a five-star review. If you'd like to get a hold of us, you can also find us on Twitter at PotatoCandyNet or you can go to PotatoCandyNetwork.com and follow the links to our other social accounts and our Patreon. We have much more content in the works as well as premium material for our Patreon in the near future, so be sure you give us a follow and subscribe. Hello! Bob Spuds here on the scene once again reporting for Potato Candy Network. Thanks for listening. If you liked what you heard, please consider subscribing on your podcasting app of choice. If you have a scenario prompt you want us to use, send it to us on social networking with Instagram and Facebook at Potato Candy Network. And if you really liked us, consider supporting us on Patreon for bonus content monthly, such as behind-the-scenes sneak peeks, inspirations, and future episode previews. 
Check out our brother show, Dreadful Tales, for some taut tension, full, truly terrifying tales of terror. <laughs> Got that on the first try, you know. And finally, please leave us a review, as it helps your recommendations and helps others find the hard work we do here at Potato Candy Network. Oh, and friendly reminder, if someone asks you if you're a god, don't think of marshmallows. <laughs> Nobody likes that guy.